Welcome to Dreamers to Leaders, Keeping It Real with Melody podcast. Melody is a classic dreamer who started as a flight attendant and worked her way to now a tech fashion trendsetter, thought leader, and dynamic entrepreneur in various industries. This podcast is for the dreamers and doers. Learn how to think, act, and speak big as business leaders share how they turned from dreamers to leaders. Hello and welcome to the Dreamers to Leaders podcast. I'm your host, Melody. Our guest today is a Silicon Valley speaker, mentor, and financial coach. He has mentored over 150 licensed agents across the country. He's also an accomplished athlete being inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame in Sacramento. His mission is to ensure equal access to financial literacy across economic borders. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome Josh Payne. Hey, Josh, how are you? Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Melody. It's a pleasure to be here. All right, so let's begin. Um, Josh, let's start with you as an accomplished athlete. You know, reality was ever since I was five years old, uh, my entire life was revolved around playing professional baseball. You couldn't find me without a glove or a bat in my hands and uh, or a ball. And they, they, you know, the great Mickey Mantle, uh, the great Yankee uh, player of, of the past used to say, you know, I love hitting a baseball. I just love hitting a baseball, man. And that was me. I just loved anything that had to do with baseball. And my entire life, I just, that's all I thought about. I ate, slept, and, and breathed it and ended up going to school, uh, ended up on Division I college baseball scholarship where I excelled, had a great career. And uh, ultimately, you know, in, in, a, in a very highly competitive conference for baseball was, was all conference and MVP and, and uh, appeared in Sports Illustrated and then uh, ultimately wow. inducted into the Hall of Fame. And, and that's where it started, just from a young age of just being hungry and, and focused on a dream. Aha. Uh-huh. So then from there, with all that accomplishment, and, and then suddenly you shifted right? Yeah. To a totally, completely um, different industry. So what triggered that? Yeah, well, it wasn't by choice. It was, uh, I was at the top of my career. And one day found myself laying on the ground, staring up at the sky after suffering a back injury. And it was right before my senior year of college. And I still remember it like it was yesterday. And it was a devastating moment because it was devastating because I understood the business of baseball. And I understood with that type of injury that I figured I had based on the pain I was in, um, I knew that playing at the next level was all but, you know, over and not only losing the opportunity to play the, the sport that I dreamed of playing professionally, but the vision of complete family financial independence went right out the window as well. Hmm. And at that point in time, I remember, I, I didn't know what I was going to do, Melody. I, I, I lost my purpose. I lost my passion. Uh, ultimately did what everybody said to do, which was to finish school and get that degree. And I got a few of them. Um, but the reality was I, I, was living a, a life of quiet desperation, if you will, if that makes sense. And I just didn't have that passion or purpose for anything. And reality, I landed in the golf industry where 
For 10 years, I serviced the wealthiest people in the world here in the Silicon Valley. Ran very high-end private country clubs. And it was there I tell everyone now that I got my second education. And the pivot for where I'm at today happened at 31 years old. It was one of those defining moments in life where I realized I was going to unlearn, unlearn everything I'd been taught about business success and career and relearn it from people that had the life that I wanted. And at that moment, I made uh, the decision that never again was I going to listen to anybody about advice for my future that did not have the exact life I wanted. And that defining moment is why where we are, uh, why we are where we are today. I'm interested to find out what did you, what was it that you had to unlearn and then have this all educating uh, specifically with uh, with all these mega successful people, what yeah. did you have to unlearn? Very, very good question, and and a, and a very deep answer because it was years, right? I I, I put it into a, a fifteen second statement, right? But it was ten years of of mentorship and exposure and and paying very close attention to the way that people at that level operated and the things that they talked about and the stories they told themselves. And, and it's interesting because as an athlete, that's who I, that's who I associated with as an athlete. I, I trained with the, the best players in the major leagues from our, my hometown in Sacramento. And, and so as an athlete, that was a very simple connection. But once that was taken out, once I was no longer going to make it as an athlete, I fell back down into what I knew, which was being being raised in a very middle income environment with middle income thinking. And I wasn't able yet to transition that same thinking as an athlete into business. There was a disconnect there. And that connection came as I started to associate uh, in my career with those ultra successful people now in a different avenue, which was business instead of as an athlete. And as I started to look at that, I go, you know what? Those guys put their pants on the same way I do. Mm -hmm. Those guys tie their shoes the same way I do. If I can learn what they know, I can implement that into my life and I can do what they did. There's nothing different about us. It's just that I have to, I have to reprogram my thinking to think like they do. Right. And so the things that I unlearned were the traditional, mm, that linear thinking about money, you know, that that having a job was really going to enable me a job or a career wasn't going to enable me to accomplish my goals. And what I found out is that that just wasn't the case. And here's how it happened. I just finished playing golf with a guy who was a sort of took me under his wing. He was a member there. And he said, Josh, I want to have lunch with you. And we had done this, you know, many times. So I went in, we, we sat down at the grill outside. It was a beautiful summer afternoon. I still remember it was perfect weather. It's just one of those days where you, you sit down and you you just feel great about sitting down outside. And, and we had started this great conversation. He said, I want to tell you something, Josh. Wow. Hmm. He said, 
you're amazing at what you do here. But he said, if you keep doing it the way you're doing it, you're never going to have what we have. I went, whoa. That was blunt. (laughs) Very much. And he said, let me explain. He said, there's 350 members at this club. We all come from different industries, different walks of life, different countries. We speak different languages. He said, we all have one thing in common. And I said, what's that? He said, we all own businesses. There is no employee that's a member at this club. And I went, whoa. And he said, let me show you something. So we grabbed out of the little napkin holder, these brown, I still have it today, brown recycled napkins, right? You know, you look on, and he took yes. it out of his, out of his bag or whatever. And he drew out for me the cash flow quadrant. Now I didn't know what it was at that time. I, I now know what it is today. Obviously I've studied it and, and what Robert Kiyosaki drew out, but he drew out this quadrant and he said, look, he said, There are four ways to earn your income. He said, the first way here is as an employee. That's what you are. And he said, here's what you've got to understand, Josh. He said, you're paid based on a position, not the person. You could be the best uh, employee in the world. But but he said, at the end of the day, you're paid based on that position. You'll never make more than what you signed your contract to make. And he said, what you've got to do is you've got to get over here to to a business owner. And he said, he goes, the biggest, he said, the biggest separator between the world class and the middle class, he said, Josh, are two things. And he said, it's not the money. He said, it's the specialized knowledge that they, that the world class understand. He said, those two things are ownership. He said, the world class own things. They own businesses, they own assets that pay them an income. And he said, the second thing is leverage. And I said, well, what's leverage? He said, he said, they have figured out a way to get more with less. They figured out a way to multiply themselves to be in more than one place at the same time. And he said, how do you think we're out here playing golf every day and we're still successful and, and have built an incredible life because we've leveraged ourselves to be in more than one place at the same time. And I'll finish with this in terms of this thought. He said, goes, Josh, how many hours do you have in the day? And I say, I have 24 hours, just like you. He goes, no, no, no. He said, if I have 100 employees, I now have 2,400 hours. He said, if you're trying to compete with me and you have 24 hours and I've got 2,400 hours, he goes, it doesn't matter how good you are, you can never compete with me. Right. And it was just, and my entire life changed. It was like the clouds parted. The sun came down and I was like, oh, this is how they do it. The classic epiphany moment exactly. for Josh B. Payne. Ladies That's and right. <laughs> so, so Josh, as you mentioned quadrants. So uh, being an employee won't really give you the route to the degree, right? Second is leverage. Leveraging time, human, human resource, etc. cetera. Uh, so then you could replicate and multiply uh, your results. What was, what was the, um, that was just two. What was the other two? So the, the quadrants go like this. The quadrants go employee, right? Employee gets paid based on a position, not the person. That's the challenge. 
The second way, and you can make more money, but it's self-employed, right? Now, self-employed, you can make more money. So we're on the left-hand side of the quadrant, the self-employed can make more money, but you're still restricted based on the number of hours you have in the day. When you're yeah. self-employed, you still have 24 right. hours. Right, okay. Well, what's, what's three and four? So the third one, he said, is the business owner. He said a business owner owns a system and has others running that system. He said, that's where everybody here lives. And he said, then we've all transitioned down to the fourth way, which is the investor. And the investor lives the dream because now their money's working for them. Now, he said, everybody wants to be on the right-hand side, which is business owner and investor, right? Because that's where freedom is. That's where you get to, you know, traditionally live the life of your dreams. He said, but but 95% of the population is stuck on the left-hand side of employee and self-employed. Right. He said, but Josh, this is what you need to understand. The challenge is that that 95% splits 5% of the wealth. And he said, this 5% over here on the right-hand side, they split 95% of the wealth. So you've got to figure out a way to get over to this side so that you can accomplish your goals and dreams. I mean, it, this is the type of, of education. When I say I got my real education, my second education, this is what changed my, my life forever in terms of going from that employee mindset that, yeah. that I was going to climb the ladder, right? And the problem is my ladder was leaning across uh, against the wrong wall. It didn't matter how high I climbed on the ladder. It was against the wrong wall. I had to switch the ladder over to the right wall. So I had a chance to, to accomplish what I wanted to accomplish in life as an entrepreneur. Wonderful. And to climb that ladder, Josh, financial literacy truly is a key component, right? And thus, that's where your expertise and um, your venture is about. So let's talk about financial literacy. That those terms is very, you know, both are very broad. So what do you really mean by financial literacy? So if I think back to the, the moment that I realized that there was a real problem in our country, right, is, is when I sat, my wife and I sat down the very first time. We knew we needed to have a plan in place for our money. We didn't have a plan. We didn't know what we we're going to do. So we, we sat down the very first time. We had a plan put in place for ourselves. We were so moved by the experience because here we were, we were in our 30s. And we're like, how in the world were we never taught this information, right? And what we realized is that our country has a systemic problem of lack of equal access, lack of equal access to the financial education and resources across all economic borders. Meaning that traditionally, unless you're maybe born into a, a privileged environment, this information isn't readily available for the masses. And that is that is the challenge our country faces. And so this financial literacy for all movement that we're on is to ensure that every family in our country 
has the opportunity for a fundamental plan and a clear direction to a successful financial future. And that fundamental plan is exactly what we learned. It was the, it was learning the ability to learn how money works so that we can get our money working as hard for us as we're working for that money. And we can, we can implement the simple fundamental steps to move us towards our goals in life financially. I agree with you, um, Josh, with regards to uh, financial literacy being key to, to really help uh, the country, especially with all the things that's um, been going on. And if if we just oversimplify, in my head, uh, oversimplify what would be a solution so the United States could continue to be really a global respected uh, leader, uh, I think that would be one of the top three, to have that financial literacy ingrained to the youth, to, to everyone, you know, so that. Well, let me tell you something. We're taught a lot of stuff in, in school, educational-wise. Uh, I've got a few degrees, and, and, and I was taught, you know, the Pythagorean theorem. I was taught about the the, um, you know, uh, uh, the, the, the chart for, for chemistry. And I was taught all these things. You, When have I ever used that in my life? Never, ever, never, ever. But yet was I ever taught about basic budgeting? Was I ever taught about the pitfalls of, of, you know, uh, consumer debt? Was I ever taught about, you know, uh, getting my money to work hard for me, not letting another institution uh, uh, work, you know, make the profits. No, no, none of that was ever taught. Well, if we don't know these things, if we, we, we don't know better, we can't get better, right? And these are the things that, that on a wide, wide scale basis, we need to get to the masses of families so that they have a chance, not a, not a handout, a hand up right? Here's what we have to do and now empower our communities to be able to take steps in the right direction at a, at a, at a, in a way that meets their, their resources, if that makes sense, right? Like, you know, we're going to get you started with an amount that, that, that you can successfully do for yourself and we're going to help you grow from there. Ah, so, so Jeff, Josh, for, for, for our listeners out there who have a buy-in, right, that, that they are now uh, faced with this decision and that determination to start their journey into financial literacy, what would be, so let's start with first things first, right? Uh, what is, how do you create a plan, A and B, then set the direction or help them with the clear direction as you've, as you've mentioned. Sure. I think there's really five steps here, Melody, okay, that are, are necessary to take control of your financial future. Okay. Now, step number one is real simple, right? It starts with our thinking. We've got to upgrade our thinking about money. Okay. And what that really means is I have to have an awareness of my current money DNA. Well, Josh, what does that mean? Real simple. We're all raised in certain environments that program us 
to think certain ways about money. And if we've got limiting thinking about limited thinking about money, we've got to identify that so we can correct that. We can elevate our thinking in order to move forward. Okay. Mm -hmm. Simply, a simple example on this is look, if we think about the lottery, people win a hundred million dollars in the lottery and they're in bankruptcy court two years later. How in the world is that possible? It's because it, it, the, the, the money DNA was never upgraded and the money is going to find its way back into, um, you know, the, the universe, right? In the sense that we've got to elevate our thinking first. All right. Now, the second thing we've got to do is we've got to establish priorities, establish priorities. See, as it relates to success in the future, we're either going to pay now or we're going to pay later. Right. One way or another, we're going to pay and we're going to pay full price. So we just identify the difference in the priority setting process between needs and wants. And we understand that short term trade offs today lead to long term success tomorrow. So we upgrade the mindset. We set our priorities. Now we set goals, right? If we don't know where, this is the great Yogi Berra, the Yankee catcher said, if you don't know where you're going, you might end up somewhere else, right? Or Mark Twain said, I can help anybody get what they want. I just can't find anybody that knows what they want, okay? See, we can't hit a destination if we haven't set the goals. So once we've upgraded our thinking and we've established the priorities, now we set goals based on those priorities, and the goals provide us then kind of checkpoints along the way, right? And we celebrate those checkpoints. That, that leads to a, a very positive environment as we're moving towards our destination. We reward ourselves for a job well done, right? That's important. Now, after we've set our goals, then we establish the habit, the habit of paying ourselves right. first. Yes. Mm-hmm. Here's the number one thing I, I, I read, number one comment I receive when I'm working with families. Josh, I don't have enough money at the end of the month. Well, that's why we've got to put ourselves at the front of the line, treat ourselves as a bill that we pay ourselves first. And then what happens is our spending adjusts throughout the rest of the month. But if we never put ourselves as a priority and pay ourselves first, there's never, not there tends not to be money at the end of the month available, right? So it's paying ourselves first. So we upgrade our thinking, we set our goals, we our priorities, we set our goals, then we pay ourselves first. And then the last step is very simple. And that is to seek professional guidance mm. and create a plan, a plan of attack to accomplish those goals. The value of the professional guidance is simply that um, they can they can help you establish the right uh, vehicles to enable you to accomplish your goals that are most suitable for you. And then you get the plan in place. And the plan is what is the cement that holds everything together. Right. Yeah. 
Yes. That's really the fun. I, I like I like how you um how you pieced it all together to create that uh, cohesive plan, and it almost uh, simplifies it for for everyone because loosely you hear it. You hear about goal setting. You hear about prioritization, limiting beliefs, creating habits, etc. But if you have it in like a recipe that hey, you know first. Let's find out about your limiting belief. Right. And let's prioritize. So having those, it's almost like, you know, how do you eat an elephant, right? So it's always right. bite size. And once you figure out, okay, let's look at your psyche, right? What's really in there? And then once that is out, then let's maybe remove the fluff, let's prioritize, and then you herd them to the specific direction. So, so I like that. I, I like that, Josh. That's, uh, that's wonderful. And that's part of, uh, of what you do, right? You and your wife are, um, are teaming up to yes. uh, create access uh, yes. for literacy across economic borders. That's wonderful. Now, um, with the, you, you um, as an athlete, and I would imagine witnessing or hearing stories about those mega accomplished athletes with multi-million dollar contract that also um, that are also penniless after after the peak of their career. Same thing with uh, the lotto winners that you mentioned and recent statistics i believe that there are 70 percent 70 percent of um lot of winners go broke in seven years and some actually tragically end their life but really it is just the financial literacy that um that should be available or that are just not um ingrained in in um in the masses, right? So, Absolutely. So that, that's sad. Uh, so in your opinion, with, uh, with your career now over a decade span in doing this, right? 13 years? Yep. Um, what do you think is the main reason why people are not living the life that they desire? In my experience, Melody, the, the number one reason. Now, now I'll give you another another five steps on on what I, I I have learned and what I've taught for for 13, 14 years on helping people move towards that ideal life. The number one thing, well, two things. Number one is the lack of awareness. This was me. This is me speaking from my personal experience, was my lack of awareness that more was available for me. Abundance, the abundance mentality. <laughs> exactly. See, as an athlete, I had it. But once that was taken away, all I knew was what I knew, right? Outside of being an athlete. See, I didn't have the awareness that I could have more. Now, that's step one. Once I had the awareness that more was available, then it was like game on. Right. I realize, oh, my gosh, I can do more outside of just being an athlete. I, I, I realize, wow, I can do what these other successful people have done if I if I obtain the right information. So that's number one is awareness, because then I became totally dissatisfied where I was at. Right. There's a real important question people need to need to constantly ask themselves. And this will keep us 
on sort of the edge of our chair. This keeps us from landing in that comfort zone. When somebody says, oh, Josh, you're doing so well. Oh, you're, you're making good money. Or, man, you're so successful in your career. The, the question is, as compared to what? As compared to what? Josh, you're leaving your great career. You're doing so well. You're making so much good money. As compared to what? As compared to everybody else I'm used to surrounding myself with or as compared to so-and-so who's worth, you know, $100 million. So what is our, what is our perspective we're comparing to? Right. Once I realized that better life is available, now I was dissatisfied. So that's number one is awareness. Number two is lack of clarity. See, I'm amazed at the number of people who've never identified exactly what they want in life. I carry around with me in my iPad a running list that started as a top 100 goals list. I don't even know how many is on there anymore because every time I think of something, I open my iPad and I write it down, right? I'm amazed at the number of people that have never identified what they want. See, here's the thing. If we don't know what we want, then how are we ever going to move forward to accomplishing more? So the first thing is awareness. The second thing is clarity. Now we're talking about how do we, how do we build into that ideal life? Once we have the clarity of what we want, okay, now the third step is belief. See, and belief kills more dreams or lack of belief kills more dreams than failure ever has, right? So the lack of belief. Now, here's what I know. I know this to the core, Melody, after working with, with people for 14 years, is that everybody somewhere, and a great mentor teach me this saying, he said, Josh, everybody somewhere has a thread of success in their fabric of life somewhere. And if they've been successful there, they can take those same principles of success they use there and be successful anywhere else in life. We've just got to find that thread of success in the fabric of life and understand and develop the belief that I can do the same thing now with my, my goals and clarity that I've set forth as far as what I want in life, right? So again, awareness, then clarity, then belief, now comes establishing the success principles. Now, why do I say principles? In my life, I've realized too many people live their life based on how they feel. See, at the end of the day, the scoreboard tells a story. As an athlete, I understood that. At the end of the day, it didn't matter how I felt. That scoreboard either had our team winning or the other team winning. There was no tie and it did not care how I felt. So whether I felt good or I felt bad, I had to leave it on the field because the scoreboard told the story. Nice. Today, it's not a scoreboard. What is it? It's the bank account. It's the impact. It's the fulfillment. It's my kids' goals and dreams. It's my beautiful wife, who I adore her, um, uh, uh, dreams that she has. See, none of that cares how I feel today. They only care either we're moving forward or we're moving away from what we want. 
So it's establishing the success principles that I'm going to live my life on. I've decided I'm going to be the thermostat, not the temperature. Mm -hmm. See, Bob Proctor uses this example and he says, we've got to be the thermostat that we set at a certain level and we control the environment around us based on our temperature that we're set at. Those are our success principles. I'm going to get up every day. I'm going to get up. I'm going to wake up, dress up, show up every day, regardless of how I feel. Why? Because I've set a set of success principles in order to accomplish the the goals and dreams that we have for our family. So again, it's number one is awareness, clarity, belief, success principle. Now I'm ready to take action. See, if I've set those first four steps up, now I'm ready to take action because my action now is based on the self-image I have for myself, it's based on exactly what I want. And then we've got to get out and make it happen with total faith. And I'll turn end it with this, with total faith that what I want is already on its way. So those are the necessary ingredients in order for one to live the life they desire. So I like um, I like all those steps. Number four uh, regarding principle, uh, I really like to because one because each person would have their own right, whatever it is right. that they feel absolutely are important. But identifying those and um, and once you understand and know that then the compass on how you're going to proceed with your life will have that clarity. So it's all intertwined. But with all those four things that are important without action, right? Without action, there's no reaction. There's there's nothing. That's right. Absolutely. But with action, it always moves you forward, right? But to have those four in place as prerequisites would be great. So you're not just kind of darting around. <laughs> Absolutely. No, Absolutely. Uh, no clear direction. I like that. Um, so very, very briefly, you've, uh, you've mentioned faith and um, the limiting belief that has really held people. What are some things that you have, um, that you have uh, discovered? with your career that has helped people really uh, unlocked those um, limiting beliefs? Yeah, that, that's such an important question to, to lay out. Again, I, you know, as you can see, I'm kind of somebody who thinks from a, from a step-by-step basis, right? And what, I, what that gives me is it gives me an ability to identify areas that that are causing us not to get the results we want. As it relates to to limiting beliefs, there's sort of four steps to it. Number one is we've got to identify or be aware that we have a limiting belief. We can't fix something we don't know exists, right? Mm -hmm. So we've got to develop the awareness that we've got some limiting beliefs. It's so easy to do as as it it relates around money, right? Um, Bob Proctor again says, he used to say, I asked somebody how much money they make or what's, their, what's the most amount of money they've ever made. And whatever that number is tells me what their mindset is to money. Not good or bad. It just tells me where they are. If, they made, if the most they've ever made is 50 grand a year, their mindset is at 50 grand a year. If the most they've ever made is $5 million a year, their mindset is a lot bigger as it relates to money, right? So 
So it helps identify where we're at as far as our beliefs. And, and if our where we're at is less than what we want, we've got some limiting beliefs there. So awareness is number one. The second thing is to understand this about limiting beliefs. They're what we've been taught, but they're not who we are. Mm-hmm. They're what we've been taught, but they're not who we are. So I can, step two, dismiss them. Because they're no longer, they're no longer congruent with what I want. And I have to know as I can dismiss those beliefs. They were what I was taught, but they aren't who I am. It's not like I'm having to sever an arm to get rid of limiting beliefs. It's simply dismissing them from my life. Now, empty space in the mind will be filled with something. So now I've got to replace them with beliefs, the third step, replace with beliefs that are congruent with Mm -hmm. what I want. Okay. Now this is all sort of static, right? I'm aware. Okay. I just, I make the decision. I'm dismissing those beliefs. Those are not who I am. They're not congruent. And I'm replacing them with these beliefs. Now comes the work. Now comes the, the, um, active part of this process, which is step four, which is to reinforce. Mm -hmm. See, the paradigms we have in, in, in our mind were built out of repetition. The limiting beliefs we have in, in accordance to what we're talking about was built out of repetition. And the limiting beliefs are also going to be reprogrammed through repetition. So that fourth step is where most people miss the boat when it comes to to upgrading those limiting beliefs or or eliminating the limiting beliefs, which is to reinforce it with repetition and affirmation. To reinforce it with repetition and affirmation. Why? Because if I tell myself long enough, what I want, I'm going to start to now believe it. And how do I do that? By writing it down twice a day minimum every morning when I wake up and every night before I go to bed. So basically you're affirming it and writing it at the same time. 100%. And here's why. Mm -hmm. It operates like autopilot. So if you look at a plane that leaves from LAX and is going to fly to Florida, right, Miami, it's off target 90% of the time, right? So how does it end up in Miami? Because Mm -hmm. autopilot just recorrects, 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 recorrects. Well, well, what is is that as it relates to our mind? It's 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 the repetition and the affirmation that's the autopilot to recorrect us back on track to where we're going. And it has to be relentless repetition. So when I write my goals in the morning, I've now set my, 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 my trajectory on target. Uh-huh. And just about the time I'm getting ready to go to bed, I write them again and it, and it auto-corrects it back on track towards my goals. And then, of course, we know that overnight, our subconscious mind works all night. So that's the last thing it's thinking about. It's working all night. 
programming the mind. I wake up in the morning, I write them down. Now I've got a, rep, a repetitive process that continues to tell myself exactly what I want. And I start to reprogram those limiting beliefs or rather reinforce the positive beliefs after I've dismissed those limiting beliefs. And I begin to believe that that is now the new me. I think um, you've summed up pretty well psycho-cybernetics, right? <laughs> That's a wonderful, um, wonderful book. And I yeah. think uh, when you said that, um, you know, steps, you're, you're good at creating steps. And that's how I think one could be effective in teaching and training people, right? Because if there's, if there's no steps that people can then follow to know that if they're progressing, then it's hard. So I think being able to simplify it and come up with um, actionable steps really make it easy for you to transfer your, um, your knowledge uh, to other people, right? Um, right. And then uh, in terms of that belief with money, I remember I was talking to, um, to one of this uh, finan financial uh, manager who's kind of helping me with some other stuff for my business. Oh, I was thinking, is it that person that's calling me? <laughs> but at any rate, um, he said that I like how you respect money, Melody, because I do. And I think when people have um, that relationship with money, where A, you respect it, and that you keep it in your head, but not in your heart, right? That's a good, um, that's a good way to kind of view money. And at the same time, uh, I think there was a saying where it's not about how much um, possession you have. It's not the amount of possession you have, but the uh, having few few wants would be the key, right? You right. might have you might have really a lot um, supply of money, but but if you're actually spending it way more, then means nothing, right? So there's right. still needs to be that discipline uh, there, right? Absolutely. <laughs> well said. Um, so, so Josh, for our uh, audience out there who would want to know more about your mission to, um, to spread financial literacy, uh, how, what's the best way for them to reach you? Yeah. Best way. It's real simple. Go to joshpain.com. And you'll be able to see who we are, be able to reach out to us, myself and my team. And then you can also follow me on or find me on Instagram at at Josh B. Payne, where I'm very active and just spreading the good news of, of mindset, business, entrepreneurship, and, and the, the fact that, man, more we can all build and achieve our, our dream life, Melody. We just have to be in the right environments with the right information and be willing, hungry, motivated, and willing to get after it and make it happen. So those would be joshpain.com or at joshbpain on Instagram. This could be anticlimactic because we're supposed to wrap it up already, but I just had like one more question. Uh, so I know that your specialty is investment, insurance, as well as mortgage. With the real estate market as it's... Um, asset bubbles, as they say, but they've been saying that since 2020, right? 
Um, what would you say to our listeners out there that are contemplating on, on buying, but they're fearful of you know, the geopolitics and the inflation and gas prices going to the roof? On the mortgage side, what can, yeah. you, say? What can you say to um, homeowners out there? What I would say- Or wannabe homeowners. Yes, <laughs> what I would say is this. Everybody's situation is very customized to them. Right. Their goals are, are going to be customized as far as what they want. So find a great professional that can help you outline and set up a plan and really take a look at it and answer those individual questions you have as to whether this is the right time, whether this is the wrong time. It's what? not a cookie cutter like, like hey, yes, not cookie cutter. are actually uh, yeah. facing the rates, therefore no. Or, or, or yes, because interest rate are at its all-time low or inventory as such with the real estate, so on and so forth. Therefore, it's it's go this way or that way. So it's not a cookie cutter. I agree. Um, make sure that uh, you do your research and um, you know speak to a few to see which one uh, would fit your style and um, you know all that good stuff. So partner up, collaborate and um, seek seek. Um, advice from right. professional experts. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Wonderful. So this wraps up our show, uh, Josh. Thank you so much for, for all the valuable uh, insights that you provided uh, our audience. It is my honor, Melody, and you do a great job. I love dreamers to leaders. I think that that is such a great vision that people, because it starts with the dream. Agreed. It starts with the dream. Right. That was what we had 14 years ago was a dream. And we've transitioned it to become leaders in what we do. And everybody out there can do it. Find the right mentors that can help you get that done. Any questions, reach out to me. I'd be happy to, uh, to help answer them. And it's been my pleasure to be on with you. Hey, appreciate you and uh, wishing you continued success. Likewise. Thank you so much. I look forward to doing it again. Uh, and for all the dreamers out there, keep believing. You got this. Till next time. Mm -hmm.